We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Away we go. Episode 276 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Tuesday, March 22nd, 2022, the day after another wave of major quarterback news in the NFL. What an offseason this has been just with the quarterbacks. Uh, this also is the day after one of the worst Wizards losses that I can ever remember. And that's saying something, I know, because if you've been a Wizards fan for any length of time, as I have been, uh, you know that this team has had a number of horrific losses over the years. But what happened on Monday night was, shall we say, a special kind of bad. But hello and welcome to a Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast, the only Washington, D.C. sports podcaster show that is with you every weekday and out oh so early each morning. Uh, The Atlanta Falcons, they have traded quarterback Matt Ryan to the Indianapolis Colts, who, as you may know, traded quarterback Carson Wentz to our commanders. And what the Colts gave up to get Ryan is significantly less than what the Commanders gave up to get Wentz. Should we, as Commanders fans, have regret? Should we, as Commanders fans, be wallowing in misery over having traded for Wentz and not Ryan? Uh, Not so fast on that. Uh, No extreme fan of the Carson Wentz trade am I, but there are reasons to be open to the trade, and one of the reasons is why you shouldn't be up in arms that the commanders did not trade for Matt Ryan. Uh, I will explain next segment. Maryland basketball has a new head coach, Kevin Willard. Uh, The Terrapins made the official announcement of the hiring of Willard on Monday morning. Is uh, Kevin Willard, say, Mark Turgeon part two, or could it be, might it be, that Kevin Willard is going to get the Maryland basketball program back to where it was during its peak 20 years ago. I tell you what, Willard, at the very least, has done a good job of doing something that Turgeon so rarely did as Terps head coach, beat ranked teams, uh, but there are reasons to have concerns with Willard. I'll get into everything coming up. Uh, Monday was NHL trade deadline day. The Capitals made two trades, including bringing back our old pal Marcus Johansson. Uh, the Cavs did not trade for a goaltender. I'll discuss what the Cavs did and did not do on NHL 
trade deadline day in a bit. Uh, yes, I will sound off on the Wizards. Uh, what a joke of a loss for them on Monday night. A 115-97 loss at the NBA worst Houston Rockets. Yes, the Wizards lost by 18 points at the worst team in the NBA. And it's not just that. The Wizards in this game blew a 23-point second quarter lead. Just pathetic. Stephen A. Smith, let me hear you. The damn Washington Wizards. Exactly, Stephen A. Exactly. The Wizards on Monday night allowed the Rockets to go on an 84 41 run. Just amazing. Uh, I will talk Nationals as well. Uh, multiple items to get to with the Nats, including the announcement that Ryan Zimmerman's number 11 will be retired by the franchise in June. We also, though, have more bad news for Carter Keboom. Uh, do not forget to subscribe to the Al Galdi podcast. If you don't already do that, subscribing costs you nothing. El Zilcho and subscribing Make sure that you never miss an episode. Also, if you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, please give the podcast a five-star rating and please write a brief one or two-sentence review saying how much that you like the podcast. You could also now give the podcast a five-star rating on Spotify. Uh, the five-star ratings, the written reviews, they do help to make the pod successful. Uh, advertisers look at the ratings and the reviews. I do read the reviews. I enjoy the reviews. I appreciate the reviews. So thank you for doing uh, the reviews uh, and the five-star ratings as well. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Plenty of feedback on Maryland hiring Kevin Willard as its head coach. Email from Michael King. Time for your son to start tending to the yard soon. Uh, yes, Michael, I agree with you. As I've said, uh, my four-and-a-half-year-old son is, like, obsessed with landscaping and landscaping work and landscaping tools. So, yes, the sooner the better that he's out there earning his keep in this household. Continues, Michael. I am certainly hoping for the best with Kevin Willard, but this hire seems the sort of milquetoast Mark Turgeon Part 2 hire that I knew Maryland would make. I will support the guy, yes, but... I don't like the hire. Also, certainly not part of your usual coverage, but Terps lacrosse with a big win over Virginia on Saturday. Number one crushes. Number two, I got to take what I can get from Maryland. Uh, thanks, Al, for every terrific show. Well, thank you, Michael. And uh, I will always respect lax. Trust me. Uh, email from Jerry Moore. Are you kidding me? Kevin Willard? Al, please tell me it isn't so. This will be a disaster. I think I'd rather keep Danny Manning then hire Kevin Willard. Do you know if Maryland at least reached out to Mike Bray? Uh, thank you for the email, Jerry. Uh, no, I would rather have Kevin Willard as Maryland head coach than Danny Manning as Maryland head coach. Even though Danny did a respectable job as Maryland interim head coach, given the situation. But as for Mike Bray, good question. So Mike Bray's name has come up with Maryland for years. Mike Bray, in case you don't know, is Notre Dame's head coach. He's a local. He played for Morgan Wooten at DeMatha Catholic High School in Hyattsville, Maryland, uh, then eventually played collegiately at George Washington. But keep the following in mind with Mike Bray. Prior to this season, uh, Mike Bray had not exactly been killing it at Notre Dame lately. Now, Bray overall has had a good run at Notre Dame. Uh, he made back-to-back -back Elite Eights in 2015 and 2016. But the last few seasons up until this season had not exactly been sparkling for the fighting Mike Brays of Notre Dame. There's also that he's now 63. Uh, Tuesday, March 22nd is his birthday, in fact. And he's been Notre Dame's head coach 
since July 2000. So it may well be that Mike Bray isn't interested in leaving Notre Dame. You know, he has been Notre Dame's head coach for nearly 22 years now. He just got the Fighting Irish to the second round of the NCAA tournament of the Irish having been a first four team. So he may not want to leave Notre Dame. I don't think that Mike Bray is a bad coach, but uh, I don't think that it's a given that he would have just upped and left Notre Dame for Maryland uh, had he been offered the Maryland head coaching job. Email from Josh, and the email includes a GIF that the commanders have sent out to subscribers of various email lists regarding the team. The GIF includes a rapid-fire series of photos that feature Hail to the Washington Commanders. And uh, writes Josh, maybe the fight song is coming back with new lyrics, question mark, H. T-T-C? Question mark? Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, Jason Wright has said that a fight song is something that would be in the works. Uh, I don't know how the team could put together a new fight song that wouldn't be universally despised if it wasn't to the tune of Hail to the Redskins. And even then, the song would get ripped by a lot of people, and you probably would just have people singing the lyrics to Hail to the Redskins instead of the new lyrics. So I'm not sure how wise it is for a new fight song uh, to actually be put together. But HTTC, to me, can work. You know, the team has this hashtag, take command. Uh, I think that's something more subtle, like HTTC works better. Take command is easy to mock, okay? The team right now needs to be providing as few things as can be mocked as possible. I mean, sure, you could mock HTTC, but that, to me, is uh, less mockable then take command. HTTR was a powerful thing. A lot of people liked HTTR, Hail to the Redskins. I liked hashtag HTTR. Personally, uh, I could live with hashtag HTTC, but that's just me. Well, the best judge of whether take command or HTTC makes for a better commander's hashtag is Imageworks. Uh, if you own, run, or work at a business and are looking to be more creative and effective with how you run your business, how you communicate and reach customers, and how you operate digitally, then put Imageworks to work for you. Imageworks is a full-service boutique web design branding and marketing company, and Imageworks right now has a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Imageworks is the talent and experience to make sure that you outshine the competition. Imageworks is an award-winning full-service marketing agency, web design company, and branding firm all in one. Uh, Imageworks and you will, yes, take command uh, by planning your success strategy, creating exceptional brand and web experiences, marketing your business to your customers, and evolving your brand and website experience. So here is the special offer. Imageworks wants to show you what it can do for you. That starts with a free review of your website and SEO visibility to establish a base of where you are and map a chart for where you want to be. Imageworks and you will plan, will take command uh, with digital web and marketing goals that you can see live via Imageworks customers portal. The portal shows you how all goals are performing in Google Analytics and how all marketing programs and website visitors are behaving. You see, Imageworks is more than a branding and marketing firm. Imageworks is your collaborative partner, your one-stop shop for business growth. So here's what you do. Go to imageworkscreative.com, click on contact, you're the upper right corner, and make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast for the free offer. That's imageworkscreative.com. Image, one word, works, plural, creative.com. imageworkscreative.com. Click on contact, 
you're the upper right corner, and make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast for the free offer. Uh, you could also call or text the owner of ImageWorks, Scott, at 703-928-7309. That's 703-928-7309. Scott's a big fan of all Washington, D.C. area teams. He is a regular listener of this podcast, and he loves brainstorming ideas and technology that can help you grow your business. Scott has been doing what he is doing since 1996. Imageworkscreative.com. Click on contact near the upper right corner. Make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast or call or text Scott at 703-928-7309 and make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast. Imageworks, creative minds focused on one goal, your business success. Would the commanders have been better off trading for Matt Ryan, as opposed to trading for Carson Wentz. My take on that, as I take command, is up next. The Al Galdi podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, We all deserve to be happy, but not everyone is happy. Is there something interfering with your happiness or something that is preventing you from achieving your goals? Uh, Are you or someone you care about dealing with depression or struggling with anxiety? Uh, This is where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. Now, understand, BetterHelp is not a crisis line. Uh, BetterHelp is not self-help. BetterHelp is professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. And BetterHelp is available for clients worldwide. Uh, BetterHelp is convenient. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist from whom you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as you do with traditional therapy. Uh, BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and so BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change therapists if needed. And BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. You deserve that. And so here's a special offer. Uh, go to betterhelp.com slash that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Galdi, G-A-L-D-I. And you'll get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp. Yes, 10% off an entire month. Just go to BetterHelp.com slash Galdi and get 10% off your first month. Uh, look, the stigma of depression and anxiety is gone. Uh, I know plenty of people who've dealt with depression and or anxiety. Heck, sports are filled with people who've gone public with their mental health struggles. Uh, Mark Rippon, John Patterson, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Michael Phelps, Serena Williams, Ronda Rousey. You deserve to be happy. Get help. Get better help. Go to betterhelp.com slash Galdi. That's betterhelp.com slash Galdi. Well, we on Monday had the latest batch of quarterback dominoes fall in this 2022 NFL offseason. And no, I'm not even including Garrett Gilbert signing with the Las Vegas Raiders, though that has happened. Our guy, our boy, Garrett Gilbert, that's G-A-R-R-E-T-T, double G, Garrett Gilbert. Uh, he was a commander's unrestricted free agent. He has signed 
with the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, they announced the signing on Monday. But no, uh, we on Monday had a bunch of quarterback news happen beyond the uh, Garrett Gilbert signing with the Raiders. And the news happened seemingly in like a condensed period of time. The Atlanta Falcons traded Matt Ryan to the Indianapolis Colts and the Falcons agreed on a contract with unrestricted free agent Marcus Mariota. And the New Orleans Saints reportedly agreed on a deal to re-sign unrestricted free agent Jameis Winston. And we also had updated compensation in the Deshaun Watson trade. It turns out that the terms of the trade changed. Uh, the Houston Texans have sent Deshaun Watson and a 2024 sixth round pick to the Cleveland Browns for now six draft picks. A 2022 first round pick, a 2023 first round pick, a 2024 first round pick, a 2023 third round pick, a 2022 fourth round pick, and a 2024 fourth round pick. So three ones, a three, and two fours. That is the price for the Browns acquiring Deshaun Watson and also a six. Uh, and of course, there's also the Browns giving Watson this reported new mega money contract. But from our perspective as Commanders fans, what stood out the most from Monday was the Matt Ryan trade. Uh, the team from which our Commanders got Carson Wentz, the Colts, now has traded for Matt Ryan. So the Colts essentially have chosen Matt Ryan over Carson Wentz. And when you see the price that the Colts are paying for Matty Ice, well, you do at least wonder, right? Would the commanders have been better off trading for Matt Ryan as opposed to trading for Carson Wentz in this commander's franchise quarterback quest of 2022? So let's look at the terms of the trade and how they compare to the commander's trade for Carson Wentz. The Colts, to get Matt Ryan, gave up a 2022 third round pick. Uh, that's it. Uh, the Commanders, to get Carson Wentz, swapped 2022 second-round picks with the Colts and gave up a 2022 third-round pick and a 2023 third-round pick that can become a 2023 second-round pick. Uh, the Commanders did also get back a 2022 seventh-round pick. But clearly, the Commanders paid a lot more in trade compensation for Wentz than the Colts paid for Ryan. Now, how about each trade contractually? Well, the Colts, in getting Matt Ryan uh, reportedly have agreed on a contract adjustment uh, that features more guaranteed money for Ryan. Uh, the commanders in getting Carson Wentz took on the entirety of his contract, which, yes, has three years remaining, although there is no guaranteed money beyond the 2022 season. Now, we have to see exactly what the specifics of this uh, contract adjustment for Matt Ryan are, but that the commanders can get out of the Wentz contract scot-free, and by that I do not mean Scott Turner-free, uh, after this season, at worst makes the two trades a push contractually, and the commanders trade for Wentz potentially has the edge over the Colts trade for Ryan contractually speaking. Uh, we, of course, have each quarterback's age. The 2022 season will be Matt Ryan's age 37 season. The 2022 season will be Carson Wentz's age 30 season. So the clear advantage is for the commanders and Wentz. But here to me is the most important factor in the Carson Wentz versus Matt Ryan debates from our perspective. Upside. A guiding principle that I wanted the commanders to have in this quest for a franchise quarterback this offseason was upside. If the commanders weren't going to get an obvious stud franchise quarterback, then I wanted them 
thinking in terms of upside. You know, the goal here is greatness. And so acquire a guy or guys with upside, a guy or guys who if he slash they hit, the results could be great. The goal should never have been, well, we need someone better than Taylor Heineke. The goal should have been, we want someone with the potential for greatness. Well, to me, Carson Wentz has far more upside than Matt Ryan has. Now, there are many questions with Carson Wentz, and we have discussed those questions. But Carson Wentz is younger than Matt Ryan is. Carson Wentz is more mobile than Matt Ryan is. Carson Wentz has a stronger arm than Matt Ryan has. Carson Wentz played at a higher level this past season than Matt Ryan played at. Uh, Matt Ryan has had a terrific NFL career. He has had a better career than Carson Wentz has had, but Matt Ryan does appear to be a declining player. Ryan, for the 2021 regular season, registered a total QBR per ESPN of just 46.1, worst single season total QBR for Ryan in a regular season in his NFL career. Uh, Ryan, for the 2021 regular season, registered a yards per pass attempt of just 7.09. Lowest yards per pass attempt for Ryan for a regular season since 2013. Now, what we have with Carson Wentz, but do not have with Matt Ryan, are leadership questions and coachability questions and why is he on his third team in three seasons questions. And all of those things matter, okay? They matter a lot. There's a reason that the Colts traded Carson Wentz to the commanders and essentially have chosen Matt Ryan over Carson Wentz. However, if Ron Rivera is comfortable with the Carson Wentz red flags, as Ron has suggested he is, then even though the trade compensation for Wentz was significantly more than the trade compensation for Ryan, to me, the upside possessed by Wentz is worth the commanders having gone with him and not traded for Ryan. So to me, if you're a Commanders fan, do not be wallowing in regret over the Commanders having not traded for Matt Ryan. Now, if Carson Wentz is a total bust for the Commanders and Matt Ryan thrives with the Colts, uh, then we'll have a different conversation. But as things stand right now, there's legitimate reason to prefer the Commanders having traded for Wentz over having traded for Ryan. The bigger what-ifs to me are Mitchell Trubisky and Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. You know, would the commanders have been better off signing one of those guys and taking a quarterback in the first round of the 2022 NFL draft and attacking quarterback that way this offseason as opposed to trading for Carson Wentz? Because obviously Trubisky, Winston, and Mariota were all available as free agents and didn't cost anything in terms of trade compensation. And if you look at the contracts these guys got, I mean, these really are low money contracts, okay? You're not talking about much money at all. But even the what ifs with Trubisky and Winston and Mariota are tricky and require context because part of why the commanders may have traded for Carson Wentz is that they feared that, say, Trubisky would have chosen another team over the commanders, right? Trubisky ultimately chose the Pittsburgh Steelers. The belief is that his final two choices were the Steelers and the New York Giants. So Winston is re-signing with the Saints. Mariota has agreed on a contract with the Falcons. I mean, it's not a given that any of those guys would have chosen the commanders. And especially in the cases of Trubisky and Winston, uh, I think it's far from a given that those guys would have chosen 
the Commanders. Uh, heck, it's not a given that Carson Wentz would have chosen the Commanders had he been released by the Colts, and that may well be why the Commanders were willing to trade for Wentz. I mean, that's been an obvious thing to wonder about, right? Why didn't the Commanders just wait for the Colts to release Carson Wentz and then sign Wentz as a free agent? Well, it may be that Carson Wentz would not have chosen the Commanders and would have chosen another team. I mean, the picture isn't pretty, okay? The beggars cannot be choosers. And while I don't think that the commanders are viewed around the NFL as the hellhole that some people like to depict the commanders as being, it's pretty clear that the commanders are not, you know, a top five destination in the NFL. I mean, that's pretty clear. So yeah, I mean, the commanders felt like they needed to ensure that they got someone and that someone has ended up being Carson Wentz. Here's the bottom line. If Carson Wentz does well, as a commander's quarterback, if Commander Carson thrives as a commander's quarterback, then what the commanders gave up to get him won't matter, okay? Uh, we will not care one bit what the commanders gave up to get Carson Wentz if he is truly great as a commander's quarterback. But if Carson Wentz is a flop as a commander's quarterback, if Commander Carson falls on his face as a commander's quarterback, uh, then yeah, what the commanders gave up to get him is going to be shoved right back in their face, especially when you consider what else potentially could have been done by the commanders at the quarterback position this offseason. The result of the Carson Wentz trade for the commanders will drive the narrative of the Carson Wentz trade for the commanders. Oh, by the way, uh, we on Monday had Pitts Pro Day. Uh, Pitts Pro Day, of course, included quarterback Kenny Pickett. Uh, the commanders were very much in attendance. Uh, we on Tuesday will have Liberty's Pro Day, which will feature quarterback Malik Willis. So the commanders are expected to be at that, uh, and they should. I mean, at the very least, the commanders should be attending the Pro Days for these top quarterbacks in the 2022 NFL Draft for due diligence purposes. But also, as I discussed, the commanders should be open to taking a quarterback in the first round of the draft. Now, I think that part of the reason for trading for Carson Wentz may well have been that the commanders don't love any of the quarterbacks in the draft. But if the team is intrigued by one or more of the quarterbacks, if the team really likes the upside in one or more of the quarterbacks, then the team, to me, should be open to taking a quarterback in the first round. Uh, I don't like this sentiment that's out there of, uh, you know, they just got to take a receiver with that number 11 overall pick. Or, uh, you know, they just need to take a middle linebacker with that number 11 overall pick. To me, that's not how you do the draft, okay? You go best player available with positional value integrated into your big board. And no position matters more than quarterback. So don't let the fact that you've traded for Carson Wentz mean that you cannot take a quarterback in the first round of the 2022 draft. The reason not to take a quarterback in the first round of the 2022 draft is that you do not really like any of the quarterbacks in the 2022 draft. That is the reason not to take a quarterback in the first round of the 2022 draft. Up next, it now is official. Maryland has hired Seton Hall head coach Kevin Willard as Terrapins head coach. Uh, what exactly are the Terps getting in Willard? I'll get to that after this. All right, so we all like to eat and need to eat, but we're all dealing with inflation and high gas prices, and we're all busy. So here's a great, affordable, and easy way to have your meals. HelloFresh. HelloFresh is great. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered 
right to your doorstep. No more spending the gas in your car and the time in your day on grocery shopping. No more worrying about what to eat and what to feed the kids. And no more spending a lot of money on food. HelloFresh makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. This is why HomeFresh is America's number one meal kit. And HelloFresh is offering something very special to listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. More on that shortly. But if you want to eat healthy or at least eat healthier and you want to eat food that tastes great, you got to try HelloFresh. We eat HelloFresh and love it. We just had it over the weekend. Uh, we got the food and recipes for sweet chili pork and cabbage stir fry, Monterey Jack unfried chicken, and pub-style shepherd's pie. The meals were outstanding. Even my four-year-old son eats HelloFresh, and all that he ever wants to eat are peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Even he likes Hello, fresh meals. Uh, the recipes come on these colorful sheets that you can save and refer back to. Cooking the meals doesn't take long at all. HelloFresh is the way to go. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week. You can customize your orders and HelloFresh will save you money. A HelloFresh meal on average is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality. And you can save on average over $65 a month by ordering HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping. So here's what you do. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Galdi16 and use the code Galdi16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. You can't beat that. Again, HelloFresh.com slash Galdi16. Use the code Galdi16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. One more time, HelloFresh.com slash Galdi16. Use the code Galdi16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Well, we will have an introductory press conference at Xfinity Center in College Park, Maryland at 6 p.m. on Tuesday. And being introduced will be Maryland's new head men's basketball coach, Kevin Willard. Uh, His hiring was officially announced by Maryland on Monday morning. Uh, We have had a lot of introductory press conferences in Washington, D.C. sports lately. Last Thursday, we had two introductory press conferences. We had the Commander's introductory press conference for Carson Wentz. We had the Nationals introductory press conference for Nelson Cruz. And now, on Tuesday evening, we will have Maryland's introductory press conference for Kevin Willard. We are getting to know a lot of people uh, these days. So look, is Maryland hiring Kevin Willard as head coach some ultra-exciting ultra sexy hire that automatically is going to invigorate Maryland basketball? No. But is Maryland in Kevin Willard getting itself a good basketball coach? Yes. And if Willard being a good basketball coach translates to more wins for the Terrapins and translates to deep NCAA tournament runs for the Terps, then the excitement will be generated. Uh, Maryland is paying Kevin Willard very well. Uh, I, on episode 266 of a podcast, had a conversation with Terps basketball insider Jeff Ehrman, the publisher of InsideMDSports.com. We got into whether money would be an issue for the Terps in their head coaching search. Well, the Terps are paying the piper. Uh, Maryland, per Ehrman, is giving Willard a seven-year, $29.4 million contract. Uh, That works out to $4.2 million per year. That makes him among the highest-paid head coaches in college basketball. So good for Maryland for stepping up to pay its guy. The question, of course, is, is Kevin Willard 
the right guy. Uh, Willard was Iona's head coach from April 2007 to March 2010 and was Seton Hall's head coach from March 2010 to March 2022. Uh, Willard, over his first two seasons as Iona's head coach, 2007 to 2009, went just 24 and 39, but he, in his third and final season as Iona head coach, 2009 2010, went 21 and 10. Uh, Willard, over his 12 seasons, as Seton Hall head coach, 2010 to 2022, went 225 and 161. With Kevin Willard, there are things that I like, and there are things that I do not like. As someone uh, who went to Maryland and is a Terrapins fan, like I don't look at this hire and love it, but I also don't look at this hire and hate it. I do think there is a reasonable path by which Kevin Willard can succeed as Maryland head coach. So Willard's overall Big East record as Seton Hall head coach wasn't great. Uh, I do not like that. But Willard did consistently make the NCAA tournament in the back half of his tenure as Seton Hall head coach. I do like that. Uh, Willard made the NCAA tournament in five of his last six seasons as Seton Hall head coach in terms of seasons in which there was an NCAA tournament. But you could say that Kevin Willard at least was likely to have qualified for the NCAA tournament. If not, he outright qualified for the NCAA tournament in six of his last seven seasons as Seton Hall head coach because he led Seton Hall to a Big East regular season championship for the 2019-2020 season before the college basketball season ended and there was no 2020 NCAA tournament due to the COVID-19 pandemic. However, Kevin Willard as Seton Hall head coach went just one and five in NCAA tournament games. Uh, I do not like that. I mean, here you have a guy, he was Seton Hall's head coach March 2010 to March 2022. He, over that time, won one NCAA tournament game. Uh, (laughs) That is not what we as Maryland fans want to be hearing. I mean, lack of deep NCAA tournament runs was something that really hurt Mark Turgeon as Maryland head coach. Turgeon was Maryland's head coach for 10 full seasons, 2011 to 2022, before, yes, abruptly departing as Terps head coach this past December 3rd, two days before the Terps' Big Ten opener. Uh, Turgeon, as Terps head coach, made the NCAA tournament in five of the nine seasons for which there was an NCAA tournament, including five of the last six seasons for which there was an NCAA tournament. But Turgeon made the Sweet 16 just one time, 2016. Uh, Gary Williams, for comparison's sake, made the Sweet 16 seven times in making the NCAA tournament in each of 11 consecutive seasons. Uh, The 1993 1994 season through the 2003-2004 season. Now, here's something that I really like about Kevin Willard as Seton Hall head coach and as Iona head coach. Uh, He, over his head coaching career, has totaled 28 wins over Associated Press top 25 teams, including 18 wins over top 15 teams, 14 wins over top 10 teams, and six wins over top five teams. Uh, That really stands out to me, given what we went through with Mark Turgeon as Maryland head coach. The Turge rarely beat ranked teams during his time as Terps head coach. Mark Turgeon as Maryland head coach in games against AP top 25 teams went 19 and 41. Yes, 19 and 41. Consider this, Maryland hired Mark Turgeon as head coach in May 2011, but the Terps with Turgeon as head coach did not win a road game against a ranked team until February 2019. Hired in May 2011, 
doesn't win a road game against a ranked team until February 2019. And that win was a one-point win at the then number 21 team in the country, okay? This was a modest victory over a modestly ranked team, a 66-65 win at then number 21 Iowa on February 19th. 2019. Uh, Also, Kevin Willard over his last four seasons as Seton Hall head coach, 2018 to 2022, posted 26 quad one wins. Uh, That ranked among the top 15 among all Division I head coaches during that span. Uh, Quad one wins, in case you don't know, have to do with the NCAA's net rankings. Uh, The net is the NCAA evaluation tool, NET, NCAA evaluation tool, uh, which is a ranking system that the NCAA adopted in 2018 to replace uh, the RPI, the Rating Percentage Index. So Kevin Willard's lack of NCAA tournament success is disturbing, but he makes NCAA tournaments and he beats good teams. And I do not take those things for granted. Uh, then, though, there is pace. So there were multiple things that turned off Maryland fans to Mark Turgeon. The biggest thing was the lack of high achievement in the form of of deep NCAA tournament runs and big regular season wins. But another thing was just how slow and plotting and boring Maryland games became. Uh, Mark Turgeon's Maryland teams routinely were among the slowest teams in Division I. Uh, Here were Maryland's rankings in adjusted tempo for KenPalm.com in each of Turgeon's 10 full seasons as Terps head coach. Adjusted tempo is possessions per 40 minutes adjusted for opponents, okay? Listen to these rankings. We'll start with Turgeon's first season as Maryland head coach and go through Turgeon's last full season as Maryland head coach, okay? The rankings are 114th, 97th, 57th, 199th, 213th, 219th, 266th, 264th, 245th, and 321st, okay? Those rankings are brutal, my friends. Adjusted tempo. Maryland, with Mark Turgeon as head coach, was among the slowest teams in the country routinely. But here were Seton Hall's team rankings in adjusted tempo in each of Kevin Willard's final seven seasons as Seton Hall head coach. And I say seven seasons because seven seasons marks the stretch of Seton Hall qualifying for the NCAA tournament in six of seven seasons, okay? So we'll start with the 2015-2016 season and work forward until the now, okay? The rankings are 92nd. 214th, 103rd, 100th, 93rd, 264th, and 170th, that is at the time of Willard being hired as Maryland head coach. So if you're looking for Maryland to be more of a run-and-gun team under Kevin Willard as compared to how Maryland played under Mark Turgeon, don't hold your breath. And, you know, run and gun is exciting. Offense is exciting. Games with point totals in the 80s and 90s are exciting. And too often, Maryland with Mark Turgeon as head coach had games played in the 50s and 60s. Now, if you win a lot, 
then low-scoring games, slow-paced games are excusable. But if you're not authoring deep NCAA tournament runs and you're not authoring big regular season wins, then low-scoring games and slow-paced games are a turnoff. And too many Maryland seasons featured too little achievement and too many low-scoring games and slow-paced games. And the attendance numbers reflect that. You know, the Terps head coaching search was about more than just finding a good basketball coach. The search was about trying to inject more excitement, more interest, more juice into the program, which really has fallen off in terms of local interest. I mean, Maryland basketball is nowhere near the big topic today that Maryland basketball was at its peak 20 years ago. Uh, This is why I did want the Terps in on someone like Rick Pitino, and they pretty clearly were not in on Slick Rick. Uh, They pretty clearly were afraid of the backlash that they believe that they would have received had they hired Patino off what happened with him at Louisville. And so Patino on March 3rd actually fired a preemptive strike and tweeted the following in response to rumors that some Maryland boosters wanted him as Terps head coach. Quote, the University of Maryland is one of the premier institutions of higher learning. Its basketball program can be among the nation's best. I hope they find the next great Gary Williams. I love coaching at Iona and I'm totally committed to my players. It will not be me. End quote. Uh, I do think that Slick Rick had interest in the Maryland head coaching job, but I think that he knew that he would not be getting the Maryland head coaching job. What's funny, though, about all of this is that Kevin Willard is a Rick Pitino guy. Uh, Pitino was Boston Celtics head coach May 1997 to January 2001. Willard was a Celtics assistant from 1997 to 2001. Uh, Patino was Louisville's head coach from March 2001 to October 2017. Willard was an assistant coach at Louisville from 2001 to 2007. Kevin Willard played college basketball. Uh, Willard played for Western Kentucky in the 1992-1993 season, then transferred to Pitt, for which he was a part of the program for three seasons, 1994 to 1997. Uh, His dad, Ralph Willard, was a Rick Patino guy and was the head coach at Pitt from 1994 to 1999. Uh, I do like that Kevin Willard is young. Uh, Willard is just 46. Look, Kevin Willard as Maryland head coach can work. This isn't some hire that's like on a one-way street to failure. Uh, How he recruits will matter a lot. How he coaches up whomever he successfully recruits will matter more. And whether he has that high achievement that we've talked about, you know, high achievement in the form of deep NCAA tournament runs and big regular season wins will matter the most. Up next, the Capitals. Uh, They made two trades on NHL trade deadline day on Monday. My thoughts on the trades after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Well, the Capitals will play on Tuesday night, uh, home to the St. Louis Blues at 7. And the Caps on Tuesday night will be playing off having made two trades on Monday. Uh, The NHL trade deadline was on Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern, and the Caps made two deals. Uh, Caps trade number one, the Caps acquired forward Marcus Johansson from the Seattle Kraken for forward Daniel Sprong, a 2022 fourth-round pick, and a 2023 sixth-round pick, and Seattle is retaining 50% of Johansson's contract. And Caps trade number two, the Caps acquired forward Johan Larson from the Arizona Coyotes for a 2023 third-round pick, and Arizona is retaining 50% of Larson's contract. So the Caps did not trade for a goaltender. Uh, I would say that that's more about the Caps' salary cap situation and not so much about them having, like, supreme belief in Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov, uh, the top goaltender available via trade, Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, he on Monday got traded from the Chicago Blackhawks to the Minnesota Wild. Uh, the reason that the Caps traded for Marcus Johansson and Johan Larson is simple. Uh, the Caps are banged up big time at forward and have been banged up big time at forward for most of this season. Uh, the Caps' last game was a 3-2 loss to the Dallas Stars at Capital One Arena on Sunday evening. Uh, the Caps for that game were without four key forwards due to injury. Uh, center Nick Dowd did not play due to an upper body injury. Forward TJ Oshie did not play for a second consecutive game due to a lower body injury. Uh, Oshie has been hurt for so much of this season. Forward Carl Haglin remains out indefinitely off having undergone left eye surgery on March 1st. And forward Joe Snively is out due to a left wrist injury. Uh, The Caps on March 6th announced that Snively had undergone a left wrist procedure and would be out four to six weeks. Uh, The Caps this season are 35, 19, and 10 and have 80 points. Caps are positioned quite well to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, The Caps are 13 points ahead of the Columbus Blue Jackets for the second wildcard spot in the Eastern Conference. Uh, The top two wildcard teams in each conference will make the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, However, the NHL regular season is winding down. Like, the Stanley Cup playoffs are coming. Uh, The Caps have just 18 games left 
in the 2021-2022 regular season. Uh, the Caps' injury problems aren't going away. Depth at forward obviously matters a lot, and so Cap Senior Vice President and General Manager Brian McClellan, a.k.a. GMBM, uh, on Monday made these trades for two bottom six forwards in Marcus Johansson and Johan Larson. Uh, Marcus Johansson, Mojo, as you likely know, uh, now begins a second stint with the Caps. If you're a Caps fan, you are familiar with Marcus Johansson. The Caps took Johansson uh, out of Sweden with the number 24 pick in the 2009 NHL draft. He played for the Caps for seven NHL seasons, 2010-2011 through 2016-2017, before being traded by the Caps to the New Jersey Devils in July 2017. Johansson, since being traded by the Caps to the Devils in July 2017, had played for five different NHL teams. Uh, The Devils, the Boston Bruins, the Buffalo Sabres, the Minnesota Wild, and the Seattle Kraken. So Marcus Johansson has become a journeyman, uh, but he can help the Caps, presumably as a third-line forward. Uh, This season is Johansson's age 31 season. He is said to be an unrestricted free agent this coming offseason. Here was Brian McClellan on Monday on the Caps reacquiring Marcus Johansson. I think anywhere in our top nine he can play, both wings, you know. um, I think he's a versatile player that has a comfort level here with people off the ice and I think on the ice. He's, you know, a lot of games playing with Kuzi, you know, a lot with Nick. Knows our power play really well, so I think, um, you know, one of the things that's he can come in and he's comfortable right away in my mind. He knows how guys play. He knows what he can do to play with them. Um, so that was attractive in our mind. All right, so Mojo is back. And then there is Johan Larson. So he just underwent sports hernia surgery in early February. So, yeah, the Caps have all of these injury problems, and the team just traded for a guy coming off a serious injury. But Larson is a good defensive forward. He figures to take the place of Carl Haglin on the Caps' fourth line. Uh, Haglin, a key defensive forward for the Caps, a key penalty killer for the Caps as well. This season is Larson's age 29 season. Uh, He is set to be an unrestricted free agent this coming offseason. You know, it's hard to view the Caps as anything close to being a Stanley Cup favorite. The goaltending is just too much of a question mark, but the Caps should be a playoff team And in the NHL, if you make the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, you are by definition a Stanley Cup contender because so many upsets happen in the NHL postseason. And so good for the Caps for trying to fortify themselves with two modest but potentially key trade acquisitions on NHL trade deadline day on Monday. Well, in sports, as is the case in life, uh, deserving often has nothing to do with whether you actually get something. But let's make something very clear right now. The Wizards in no way deserve a spot in the playing tournament to say nothing of deserving a spot in the NBA playoffs. The Wizards should like be relegated to another league after what happened on Monday night. The damn Washington Wizards. Yes, Stephen A. Exactly. Uh, The worst loss of the Wizards season had been a 116-115 loss to the Los Angeles Clippers at Capital One Arena on January 25th. The Wizards in that game blew a 35-point 
second quarter lead. The Wizards began the game on a 26-8 run, never trailed in the game until the closing seconds of the game. The Wizards lost the fourth quarter 40-22, lost the second half 80-49. The Clippers' 35-point come-from-behind win tied for the second-largest come-from-behind NBA regular season win in the play-by-play era, which started with the 1996 97 season. Well, it may now be that that loss is the Wizards' second worst loss of the season. The Wizards on Monday night fell to 30 and 41 with a 115 97 loss at the NBA worst Houston Rockets. So the Wizards lost by 18 points at the worst team in the NBA. The Rockets, even with this win, now are an NBA worst 18 and 54 this season. The Wizards lost for the 10th time in 13 games. The Wizards fell to just a 20 and 38 since their 10 and 3 start to the season. But you see, it's not just all of that. The Wizards choked away, gacked away a massive lead in this game and ended up being blown out in the game. And again, blown out at the worst team in the NBA. The Wizards in this game on Monday night blew a 23-point second quarter lead. And the Wizards in the fourth quarter trailed by 20 points. So the Wizards went from leading in the second quarter by 23 points at 54-31 to trailing in the fourth quarter by 20 points at 115.95. So the Wizards allow the Rockets, the NBA worst Rockets, to go on an 84-41 run. The damn Washington Wizards. Yes, Stephen A., exactly. An absolutely pathetic, no-account, loser performance by the Wizards on Monday night. And yes, the Wizards are without multiple key players right now. Kyle Kuzma on Monday night did not play for a second consecutive game due to right knee tendonitis. Uh, Bradley Beal is done for the rest of the regular season due to a torn ligament in his left wrist on which he underwent surgery on February 10th. Uh, More on Beal in a bit. And yes, I as a Wizards fan do not want the Wizards making the play-in tournament, let alone the NBA playoffs. I want the Wizards racking up as many ping pong balls as are realistically possible for the NBA draft lottery. Well, here we are now. The Wizards are 11 games under 500 at 30 and 41. Uh, They and the New York Knicks are five games behind the Atlanta Hawks for 10th in the Eastern Conference. That is a lot of ground for the Wizards to have to make up with just 11 games left in the team's regular season. So any realistic hope for the Wizards making the play-in tournament uh, fading away rather quickly these days. But geez, an 18-point loss at the NBA Worst Rockets in a game in which you allow for a 43-point swing. Again, the Wizards allowed the Rockets to go on an 84-41 run. Here was Wizards head coach Wes Unsell Jr. during his post-game press conference late night on Monday night. You know, I thought we let our foot off the gas. Uh, it's one of those things, you mess with the game, the game messes with you. And sadly, we, we can't seem to learn that lesson. Uh, we saw that similar game at home versus Clippers. And uh, apparently we have sh- short memories. Because uh, into that second quarter, we got out of character a bit. 
Um, we started doing things that, uh, you know, went away from, you know, how we had played in the first quarter and had a lot of success. And I thought that changed the momentum for them. Um, you know, you go into half up 12 and then you start the third quarter, I think 11 to two run, all of a sudden momentum's gone. Um, and then from that point on, it's, you know, they, they took control of the game. Yes, they did. Uh, the Wizards' three-point defense on Monday night was horrendous. The Wizards allowed the Rockets to go 20 of 39 on threes. The Wizards allowed Christian Wood to uh, take them to the woodshed. Uh, Christian Wood, eight of nine on threes. Yes, eight of nine on threes. He finished with 39 points and 10 rebounds in 36 minutes, 26 seconds as a starter. The Wizards allowed Eric Gordon to go five of seven on threes and finish with 15 points in 24-51 as a starter. The Wizards allowed the Rockets to finish with 30 assists versus 13 turnovers. Again, all of this was allowed to happen by the worst team in the NBA in the Rockets. Uh, the Wizards' offense on Monday night was mixed, though their three-point shooting was really bad. The Wizards went just 6 of 29 on threes. So the Rockets went 20 of 39 on threes. The Wizards went 6 of 29 on threes. Uh, Wizards were good on twos, 29 of 56. Did go 21 of 24 on free throws. Rockets went 11 of 13 on free throws. So the Wizards had a decided advantage in terms of free throw opportunities and free throw points, but none of that mattered because the Wizards' three-point defense uh, was, shall we say, not up to par. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope was not up to par. 0 of 5 on threes, one rebound, and a game-worst plus-minus rating of minus 21 and 32-11 as a starter. Uh, he did go 6 of 7 on twos, did finish with 13 points. Uh, the best Wizards player was Chris Dapps Porzingis. Now, he didn't shoot well. 0 of 3 on threes to 7 of 15 on twos, but he did go 8 of 8 on free throws. Did finish with 22 points, 13 rebounds, including four offensive boards, five blocks, and four assists versus one turnover in exactly 32 minutes as a starter. But whatever. I mean, this game ended up being a nightmare of a game for the Wizards. Uh, next up for the Wiz at the Milwaukee Bucks Thursday night at 8. Uh, meantime, I mentioned Bradley Beal. So he is out for the rest of the regular season. Uh, he can, as you likely know, opt out of his contract this summer. Uh, the Wizards in October offered Beal another max contract extension. Uh, as far as we know, he has not given the Wizards an answer on that, but it sure would seem like the answer is no, uh, because even if he wants to stay with the Wizards, he can opt out of his contract this summer and then re-sign with the Wizards. And he, this summer, will be eligible for a super max contract, which can be a five-year, 240-plus million dollar contract. 48 plus million dollars per year. Well, NBA insider Shams Sharania of The Athletic in a piece that came out on Monday morning reported that the Miami Heat is, quote, seen as a legitimate suitor for Beal should he elect to seek a new home, multiple sources said, end quote. Uh, now, we have had so many reports regarding Bradley Beal and his future with the Wizards over the last few years. Like, all of these reports basically run together at this point. The heat has come up before, but the biggest takeaway for me from this Shams Sharani report is actually this, quote, across the league, there's an expectation Beal will move ahead with a commitment to the Wizards franchise to which he has stayed loyal over 10 seasons. 
end quote. So it does appear as if Beal will be opting out of his contract, but will be re-signing with the Wizards in order to stay with the Wizards, who it sure looks like are going to be giving him that super max contract. And golly gee, isn't that super? Uh, look, Bradley Beal is not worth the Supermax contract, but the Wizards appear as if they're going to be giving him the Supermax contract. I respect that Bradley Beal wants to stay with the Wizards, or at least apparently wants to stay with the Wizards, uh, but it's just very hard for me to see the wisdom of paying him close to $50 million per year in a salary cap league as the NBA is when he isn't a truly elite player. I don't begrudge any athlete for making as much money as he or she can make. But when you are competing in a league with a salary cap, what players make matters. And Bradley Beal making close to $50 million per year matters. Uh, And I tell you what, a result like this loss at the Rockets does the Wizards no favors in trying to ensure that Bradley Beal stays. That loss may well have been a low point uh, for the Wizards this season. You can always email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from my man, Russell Fugit. Writes, Russ, I'm sitting here watching the Wizards postgame show and Bradley Beal is in studio. I know Draymond Green just signed a deal with TNT, but it seems awkward to me for Beal to be there. I know he's heard and out for the season. Then it got more awkward when Chris Miller is visibly frustrated with the Wizards' performance and justifiably so as he discusses how the Wizards typically play down to their competition. Tony Massenberg then piles on as well, making similar points. Beal is poised to have earned well over $400 million for his career should he be offered and sign the $246 million Supermax contract extension. As I watch all of this, what's occurring to me is that Beal is not going anywhere. He's the king of this franchise. For whatever reason, he can be on TV, get a Supermax deal, and sit there while the announcers and pundits deservedly tear this team, his team, apart and still maintain credibility throughout the organization. I don't blame Brad, and maybe I'm overthinking this, but I wonder why the organization is allowing him to have such carte blanche. Why is he allowed to have such distance by being part of the media punditry from another disappointing season? As you regularly say, it seems as if we're being held hostage by a very good player who at best is a number two option on a championship team. Happy for Brad and can never be mad about a player getting his money, but I feel that our Wizards culture, Q Bruce Allen, is bad and our team is still getting no closer to competing for an Eastern Conference title. Uh, thank you for the email, Russ. Well said. And what you brought up at the end of your email is exactly the point here. Like the goal here is to be competing for an Eastern Conference championship and thus an NBA championship. Is paying Bradley Beal close to $50 million per year getting you closer to being an Eastern Conference championship contender. You know, I actually think that a reason for Bradley Beal wanting to stay with the Wizards is that the Wizards do treat him like the elite player that he isn't, you know? The Wizards are constantly offering Beal max contracts, constantly consulting him on all that the team is doing, constantly begging him to stay, constantly talking him up publicly. I mean, if you're Bradley Beal, why would you walk away from all of that? You know, it's funny, Russ in his email made usage of the word king. Uh, Bradley Beal gets treated like the king, gets treated like LeBron James by the Wizards. But the thing is, Beal isn't LeBron, okay? Beal isn't an elite player. He's a nice player, seems to be a good guy, 
but he's inconsistent defensively. He's a bad three-point shooter. And most significantly, he has never led the Wizards to anything of true consequence. Never forget, the Wizards have not advanced past the second round of the NBA playoffs since 1979. Nobody has led the Wizards to anything of true consequence since 1979. Uh, Bradley Beal is not the Wizards' biggest problem, but to me, paying him close to $50 million per season uh, would slash will not be ideal. And what happened on Monday night at the Rockets, to me, just like reinforced this, but it does appear as if paying Bradley Beal close to $50 million per year is precisely where the Wizards are headed. All right, let's talk Nationals for whom spring training in West Palm Beach, Florida continues. Exhibition games have begun. We on Monday evening during a Nats exhibition game against the St. Louis Cardinals had a major announcement from Nats managing principal owner Mark Lerner. Uh, he made the announcement during the telecast of the game on Masson. June 17th and 18th will be Ryan Zimmerman weekend at Nationals Park. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman will be honored at Nationals Park on Friday night, June 17th, and on Saturday afternoon, June 18th. Uh, the Friday night game against the Philadelphia Phillies will include a Zimmerman-themed giveaway, and then the Saturday afternoon game against the Phillies will be preceded by a special ceremony during which Zimmerman's number 11 will be retired by the franchise. Uh, very cool. Uh, certainly not unexpected. We all figured that Zimmerman's number 11 would be retired, but obviously well-deserved. But also on Monday with the Nats was this. Uh, the Nats on Monday afternoon announced multiple roster moves. Among them was one that is not good. Uh, the Nats on Monday afternoon placed third baseman Carter Keboom on the 60-day injured list with a right elbow UCL sprain and a right flexor mass strain. Uh, if you're a baseball fan, you probably know that injuries that are labeled as UCL sprains and flexor mass strains often are precursors to Tommy John surgeries. Now, we don't know if Kibu will need Tommy John surgery, but you can't dismiss that as a possibility. You know, position players do sometimes need Tommy John surgery. Matt Wieters uh, underwent Tommy John surgery years ago. But with Carter Keboom, man, it just doesn't feel like things can go right for this guy. Uh, the 2022 season will be, or maybe I should say would be, just Keboom's age 24 season. So he's still young. Uh, the Nats took Keboom with the 28th overall pick in the 2016 MLB draft, but he just has not been good. Uh, Keboom over his first three major league regular seasons, 2019 through 2021, over 414 plate appearances has a batting average of just 197, an on-base percentage of just 304, and a slugging percentage of just 285. I mean, those numbers are horrible. It wasn't a given that Keeboom was going to be the Nats' starting third baseman this season, uh, mainly because he had been so bad over these last three seasons, and also because in each of the last two preseasons, Keeboom had been talked up as being the Nats' starting third baseman to begin the regular season, only to end up not being the Nats starting third baseman to begin the regular season. But the Nats third base options are very limited. I mean, right now, Michael Franco would appear to have the inside track on being the Nats opening day third baseman. Franco is one of about 100 veterans who the Nats have signed to minor league contracts. I tell you, for a rebuilding team, the Nats sure have brought in a number of veteran players, although it's not like Michael Franco is ancient. Uh, the 2022 season 
would be Franco's age 29 season. He played for the Orioles in the 2021 season, and he was that good. Uh, Franco over 403 plate appearances for the O's in the 2021 regular season, had a batting average of just 210, an on-base percentage of just 253, and a slugging percentage of just 355. His wins above replacement per baseball reference for the 2021 regular season was minus 1.6. Yes, Michael Franco in the 2021 season was a below-replacement level player. Uh, Franco is a guy who mostly disappointed with the Philadelphia Phillies from 2016 through 2019 of a strong performance over 80 regular season games in 2015. But Franco in 2020 for the Kansas City Royals uh, did do well, uh, albeit in what was, remember, a shortened regular season for MLB that year. It's certainly possible that Nats president of baseball operations and general manager Mike Rizzo is going to make a move to acquire someone who can play third base. But the major item here is Carter Keepum, who so far has been a bust for the Nats. Uh, Now is going to have an even harder time of shedding that label of bust uh, due to being on the 60-day injured list with this right elbow UCL sprain and a right flexor mass strain. Uh, Also, on Monday afternoon, the Nats announced that they have claimed reliever Hunter Harvey off waivers from the San Francisco Giants. Yes, former Oriole Hunter Harvey. Uh, The Giants had acquired Harvey off waivers from the O's this past November 5th. Uh, So the O's took Harvey with the number 22 overall pick in the 2013 MLB draft. The 2022 season will be just Harvey's age 27 season, but Hunter Harvey is the ultimate example of injury prone. I mean, if an injured list could be manifested as a person, that person would be Hunter Harvey. It is amazing the extent to which this guy has dealt with injury. Harvey's eight plus years with the O's were marked by one injury after another. Harvey missed the entire 2015 season due to a right elbow strain. Harvey in July 2016 underwent Tommy John surgery. Harvey in 2018 dealt with right elbow discomfort and a right shoulder problem. Harvey in August 2019 made his major league debut and looked great. Uh, he gave up one run in five and a third innings with 10 strikeouts over his first six appearances, but he then pitched in one game the rest of the season due to right bicep soreness. Uh, Harvey, in March 2021, threw one pitch in a Grapefruit League game against the Philadelphia Phillies and then left the game due to a left oblique injury. He ended up being on the Orioles' 60-day injured list from March 16th to June 4th, 2021. The O's this past July 2nd placed Harvey on the 10-day injured list with a right lat strain. The O's this past September 7th moved Harvey to the 60-day IL due to him having suffered a right tricep strain while pitching for AAA Norfolk. Hunter Harvey is a walking injured list. The guy cannot stay healthy. Now, all of that said, he does have talent, okay? He is a flamethrower, and he still is young, And so for the pitching-starved and rebuilding Nats, I have no problem uh, with them claiming Hunter Harvey off waivers. Uh, Also regarding the Nats and also the Orioles, uh, did you happen to see this? Orioles insider Dan Connolly of The Athletic on Saturday evening reported that Masson has sent a memo to its broadcasters saying that they officially will not be traveling to road games to begin the 2022 regular season. So Nats television announcers and Orioles television and radio announcers, again, will be doing road games from remote locations. Now, I actually don't think that it is that noticeable if you don't know that the announcers are working from remote locations. Now, if the announcers make it a point to point out that they are working from remote locations, then 
that does become noticeable, but that's not the point. How cheap is Masson? Okay, that's the point. Of the 30 teams in Major League Baseball, the O's for Connolly will be the only team that has both its television and radio announcers not traveling to road games to begin the 2022 regular season. Here's the best part. The primary reason per Masson is, wait for it, an abundance of safety due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Yes, safety, COVID-19. That is, of course, a total lie, okay? The pandemic is basically over. If things get bad again, fine, but things now are much better. Uh, This, of course, is the Angelos family, which owns Masson, using the pandemic as an excuse to save money. Now, if you watched the Masson telecast of Nats Cardinals on Monday evening, you saw new graphics for Masson. So maybe the money for those new graphics came from Masson's travel budget. I would not be surprised. Uh, but man, <laughs> what a joke. Not sending broadcasters on the road to begin the 2022 regular season. I so long for the day when Nats and O's games are telecasted by a network or networks uh, that truly cares slash care about doing a great job for the teams and for the fans. You know, there are many good people who work at Masson, but the network is run on the cheap, has been for years. Everybody knows this. And how the network operates has hurt baseball in the Washington, D.C. area. There's not a doubt in my mind about that. All right, uh, that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 277, will feature much more on the Commanders. Uh, I may have a special guest for you. We'll see what develops on Tuesday. Also on Wednesday show, I'll talk Capitals. Uh, they will host the St. Louis Blues Tuesday night at 7. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. The damn Washington Wizards. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.